What's going on, Clipper Nation? It is me, Positive Chuck Mockler, here to bring you Locked On Clippers. Of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Usually I am joined by my co-host, William the Opinion Updike. We bring you the Clippers news five days a week. Uh, he is still trapped in Mardi Gras. Will he be back for tomorrow's episode? I think. Who knows? Will remain to be seen. But anyway, we all march on. Today, I am bringing you... Uh, it was a pretty good It was a pretty good night for the Clippers. We kind of... I mean, we had a full roster, which was great. We absolutely destroyed the Grizzlies. So I'm going to be doing a recap of that. Very hefty victory. Uh, there was a lot of things to like. Not a whole lot of things to dislike. Uh, then we're going to talk about what it means kind of in the grand sense of everything. Uh, this is the Tuesday episode, of course, so it is Twitter Tuesdays. You can send your questions to at LockedOnClips or at Charles Mockler or at Will Updike, and we will answer them on Tuesday. Uh, if you send them to us, send them to us on not a Tuesday. We'll still answer them, just won't be on the show. Uh, but we have some questions. We have a couple questions that came in before the game started uh, in regards to panicking, which is interesting. And, of course, you're going to be talking some Lou and Trez defensive uh, playoff implication liabilities, you know. And then to uh, close the pod, we're going to be talking Bill Simmons uh, was poo-pooing the Paul George trade, which I think some of us can agree isn't the right uh, stance to take on that. But we'll get into that later. Right now, let's get into this recap. So the Clippers uh, avenged the 140-point outing uh, that they got put on the last time by the Grizzlies with a 124 to 97 win over the Grizzlies at Staples Center. We had a full roster. Uh, Paul George and Patrick Beverly both played. They were on a minutes restriction, of course, but that was to be expected. Um, I mean, this game, we were up by 40 at one point. Uh, This game just, I mean, from beginning to end, it was an absolute shellacking. Uh, When this team is fully healthy, it's, Pretty crazy how much better it looks. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's not... A, a, I guess that's a hot take at this point. Um, the energy was up on both sides of the ball early. We moved the ball well as a whole. 33 assists, 50 boards, only 12 turnovers. Everything went right in this game. The offense, uh, I just kind of mentioned those numbers. That was great. Um, it was fantastic to see. But the best part of this game, I think, was the general sharpness and just overall defense. Um I mentioned the offense. We shot 50% as a team, which is 43% uh, from three. So, like I said, the offense was there, but we stopped their ball movement. This was the number. The Grizzlies were the number one team in the league in assists per game. They only had five at halftime. This was just a wire to wire. I mean, complete and total domination. It was good to see. Uh, we did let up a little bit in the third. I mentioned they had five assists at half. They ended with uh, 20 for the game, so they did pick it up. Um, but no, this, I mean, this game went as well as I think any of us could have possibly hoped for it to go. This was, when I say this was an all-around win, I mean, the Clippers put up 124 points and there were only four guys in double digits. Uh, a bunch of guys in the sixes and the sevens. Lou Williams only had eight points, which is, if I told you the Clippers scored 124 points, and that Lou Williams also only scored eight, you'd go, wow, everyone else must have had a pretty good game, which is exactly what happened. Uh, but we're going to start with what I didn't like, because there were, you know, a couple of bugaboos in this game. Uh, there are some things that they need to work on. Would have been nice to see Shamit get a few more shot attempts. Uh, he only had five. He did go three of five from beyond the arc, which was great. 
Um, he ended with less than Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris ended up having 11 uh, in only three more minutes of play. Uh, but that would have been, or excuse me, uh, Shamit went, uh, oh, sorry, uh, he did go three or five. Um, went four or five from the line, excuse me. So just overall field goals would have been nice to see. Um, he was the first sub off the bench, which is something I did like, which we're going to talk about in the next little segment. But, you know, would have been nice to see him get more shot attempts. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to pick out things truly that you didn't like in this game, but that was one of them. Uh, only other really thing I have on my what I didn't like list is that Paul George played way too long. If, if I know he had a minutes cap, but he doesn't have to play the whole minutes cap. You know what I mean? Uh, we were up 30 at one point, and it was just kind of like, can we take him out now? He ended with uh, 21 minutes. But it was just like, come on, let's take him out. Um, he looked strong early. He ended uh, with seven points, uh, four points, or four assists, four boards in 20 minutes. Still definitely the rustiest of the Clippers. But his movement overall looked good, um, which is, you know, something that's a positive. It was all, it was a good return for PG. Uh, still needs to knock some of that rust off defensively, but that will come with continuity. Um, and it was nice to see tonight. He got some deflections. Um, he was absolutely part of the team defense that helped limit uh, the Grizzlies' really good ball movement. Now we can get into what I did like, which was most of this game. Uh, it was very hard to find things, as you just heard, that what we didn't like. Bev, uh, Patrick Beverly had the best return possible. He was absolutely fired up. He immediately was berating a ref about an out-of-bounds call, which you absolutely love to see. He ended with six points, uh, three boards, two dimes in 19 minutes, two or three from beyond the arc. The intensity was there. He got, uh, he got a long offensive board, which, like, as soon as it happened, I felt like I was, like, transported back to a better time. Um, he was great. Uh, Doc mentioned in the postgame that it was just nice to have his voice out there, which is absolutely true. Everything looked just ratcheted up. Uh, with the full roster, and especially with Bev, kind of picking up where he left off uh, before he missed games. He played with all of his missed games energy in this game tonight. So I'm hoping he has some left over for Wednesday. I don't think it should be that big of an issue. Um, another thing that I liked, Kawhi absolutely killed it. He helped set the tone early, which is something we need to do against these teams that you know can sometimes not sneak up on us, but sometimes we can kind of let them hang out if they want to. But uh, that didn't happen in this game. We put, the, we put the kibosh on any kind of close game, you know, money line possibility, uh, you know, outcome. He ended with 25-8 and eight on 58% shooting. I had said that I think his three-point shooting would be better than the last time that we played the Grizzlies. I was wrong. He was actually 0 for 4. But it was nice to see that it was only four attempts. So he got those, you know, he got out of the system. And he started doing what he does best. He was guarding Morant early uh, and did a good job. Doc said he set the tone and said that now it's time you can put him on anybody, which got me super fired up. Uh, he only had to play 25 minutes in this game. It was, I don't know, it was Pete Kawhi. It was efficient. It was fantastic. Um, I mentioned Shamit as the first sub off the bench uh, a few minutes ago, and I, this was something I really liked. I hope this is the norm. Uh, it gets a chance. He needs a little more time than like Lou to get, you know, into the game, which makes sense. It's not a bad thing at all. He's a much younger player than Lou, um, but it's not. It's, it helps spacing. You know, the spacing doesn't drop off at all uh, if you take. It was Paul George out for Shamit, um, 
I'm not sure if we'll see it again. This probably was just a minutes, you know, or just an injury situation or load situation with Paul George. But I did really like it. Um, just looked good. Uh, this was we had an elite Trez game. Another thing that you can like from this game, he had 100% shooting in the first half. Uh, when he's playing great early, I love the runs. That's what's you know the early Trez run when he's absolutely killing it. Yeah, I'm here for it. It only really becomes a concern late in games. Uh, wasn't a concern in this game, which is good against the Grizzlies. Uh, he only played, like I said, 19 minutes. Went 9 of 11, 80 for all intents purposes, 82% from the floor, which, you know, you love to see it. He had a, This was a game where it was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is why sometimes Doc is right about the uh, Zoo-Trez conundrum. This was an example of how it worked. Uh, Zoo is getting it done. On the glass, he ended up with 10 boards, which is good to see. But no, this was a great Trez game all around. Um, did dribble a lot, but what are you going to do? Jamichael got shots up late. I love seeing him get those reps. He ended with 13 points, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. But it was cool to see him get those reps. He was really just letting it go uh, late in the fourth. I think people appreciate it. It looked automatic. Patrick Patterson was getting some shots up, <laughs> too. I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter we're talking about how Patterson might have, like, other than Paul George, maybe the nicest release on the team, which is funny. Um, Patrick Patterson, funnily enough, worst plus minus on the team, with minus six. How was I feeling after this game? I think, like a lot of people, we, we wanted to get this big win. Um, anytime we have that 50-30 rebounds and assists, we're literally undefeated. I think we're 6-0. and um, I hope this momentum gets carried over. There's not a whole bunch you can take away from this game, but the big, the biggest thing is the momentum going in to the game on Wednesday, playing against the Suns. We could, you know, maybe get another win in a row. That would be nice. Don't want to get too far ahead of where we are right now. But, no, this, this is what looked like, this is what we've wanted the team to look like. It's what the healthy teams looks, looks like when it's really locked in and ready to go. Um, not much else to say. Not a whole lot to dislike, except maybe Paul George playing too long. Let me know how you guys felt about the game at Locked On Clips, at Charles Mockler, or at Will Updike. Uh, coming up after this, we're going to get into your questions on Twitter Tuesday. But first, got to give a shout out, guys. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. That's just true. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why we here on Locked On Clippers use Theragun the handheld percussive therapy device that not only sounds kind of cool, it also releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. Wow, what a great combination. Feel better naturally, treat your pain, and get back to your life. If you're me, you can use it on your lower back. Uh, I played a par three course. I'm okay, uh, but my swing is bad, so my back hurts. Uh, the Theragun really comes through with that. You can try the Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on for a limited time. Listeners to the Locked On Clippers podcast get a free charging stand with purchase, which is a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash locked on. One more time, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, welcome to Twitter Tuesdays. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. You can send your questions in, of course, at Locked On Clips. We asked for them on Monday. Come on, see if you send it on Sunday. If you send it on Wednesday, we'll get to the questions. We appreciate all of them. Um, let's just get into it. We're talking some, I, I want, there was a couple on here that, uh, one of them specifically was asked before the game tonight and I want to answer it, uh, at Mr. Swang and Bang, who does give us, uh, some good questions every now and then. This one is very funny. He's worried. 
He asked, is it safe to say we can officially hit the panic button, or will it be premature? Well, even if the game had not been as much of a blowout tonight, I still would say it would be immature to hit the panic button. Um, you know, the last loss really seemed like it tore people apart. We were down Bev and Paul George. We had Reggie Jackson starting at his debut. It wasn't good. Um, yeah, we should have won that. So I feel like there's this thing where there's games where, yes, we should have won, but you don't have to panic at those games. You can be mad, but it's not like the sky is necessarily falling uh, because it isn't. As we saw tonight, we don't really need to worry. P- I mean, the, the biggest issue is health. That's the biggest enemy right now. Any game that we win and get out with a fully healthy team, fantastic. We should be happy about it. Um, no, do not hit the panic button. Someone on Twitter was tweeting at me that we needed to start Trez, which like, look, I love Trez. He's a fantastic player. We can't start the guy. That's a panic button move right there. Um, so no, I don't think, I do not think the panic button needs to be hit. I hope you didn't hit it before this game. If you did, I wonder if you can just reverse the panic button. Well, I don't think that is how panic buttons work. Mr. Swang and Bang, I hope you didn't panic too much. Uh, and this game was a relaxing one for you. Kind of looking ahead, we got some questions about playoff stuff. Uh, Tina C. asks what the ideal first-round matchup would be for the Clippers. As of today, we would play the Thunder, and I think I actually want that matchup. Things are tough in the West right now. Um, the eighth spot, the Grizzlies are still in the eighth spot. They are six games out of the seventh spot um, with the Pelicans and Trailblazers all kind of fighting for that. So it seems like four, five, six is going to be Rockets, Jazz, Thunder. Uh, I don't want to see the Mavs. Um, that's a t- If we stayed in the third seed and we ended up playing the Mavs, I would be pretty bummed. I'd rather stay in the third and play the Thunder. Um, you know, I just want to, I just want the, a top, I just want a home seed. Because so if we meet the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, every game's a road game for all intents and purposes. It sucks. But no, I think that first round matchup, I, I would want the Thunder. The narratives, you know, historically narratives don't usually go the Clippers way. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, we, ha- we have the experience. We have, obviously, the personnel. We have a much deeper team. Not to, you know, we'd, We could still kind of get away with using some of the depth in that first-round matchup. Um, I think I would still want the Thunder. I obviously want to avoid, at all costs, any part of Damian Lillard in the playoffs. I'm not sure they get up that high, though. Um, the Mavs are troublesome. Fully healthy Mavs team. The size is there. They have the per- you know they match up well with us. That would be a tough go. Not again. None of these series are obviously you know it's not like we would lose them. I don't think that at all. But it would just be you know you don't want to you don't want that first round to go six games. Five, fine. Six, you're just kind of like especially with this Clippers team, that's just a little too long. I think for most people's comfort. Let me know what you guys think about playoff teams. It's tough all the way around, I will tell you that. Um, at BlackSub024, fantastic Twitter handle, wants to, be, wants to know what can be done to fix the drop-off in games when the bench comes in. 
Very good question. The, so the defense, I didn't talk about this in the uh, first segment. I missed this. The defense for the bench today was interesting. They uh, they were switching on pretty much everything, which, you know, it worked out for the most part. Um, I liked it. But the defense looked good. Um, I think waiting to bring Trez in. I think that move of bringing Sham in first and then bringing in Lou and then bringing in Trez is great. That way Lou and Sham kind of get into a rhythm just feeling each other out and how it's going to go. You know what I mean? Who's going to be, you know, Lou's going to be ball dominant, obviously, um, in that between those two. But just seeing if it's going to be more distributive Lou or what that, you know, vibe is. I just I think waiting to bring Trez on is the biggest thing. Um, more continuity is also the answer to all of these questions, which I know is annoying, so I'm just going to briefly say that. Um, getting time. Seeing Reggie Jackson out there was great in the uh, this Kings game. It's nice to see... We've seen Lou so much running the point because the pick and roll works so well. It's nice to see more of a true point guard out there. Yes, I know Reggie Jackson does a lot of what Lou does in terms of you know pick and roll and things like that, but he still just has that more point guard e effect to the whole thing, which was cool to see. Um, but no, the the benches looked defensively. The benches looked looked really good in this game. Just not losing those non Kawhi Paul George minutes, and once everyone's running at optimum performance, staggering Paul George and Kawhi, Kawhi Moore is going to happen. Uh, should happen for sure. So I think that will help the bench drop off too. Just transitioning, I think just transitioning the bench into the flow of the game is one of the biggest things uh, that Doc can do to help those rotations out. Um, at car underscore ta underscore 89 wonders if LA should avoid closing with both Lou and Harrell uh, now that we have three other players who can get their own shot, Kawhi, Paul George, and Morris, and two good three-point shooters and Chamit and Pat. The offense should be good enough not to need both Lou and Harrell who are defensive liabilities. That, Nolly kickflips great in the film cricket 55's question, which is, do you feel like the practice of targeting Lou on defense will be heavily used in the playoffs? So a lot to unpack here. Um, I love the first question from Carta89. Um, depending how much we're down is when we're going to see Lou and Trez in the right matchup. Um, I agree with your points 100%. We have three guys who can get their own shot. Morris, I'm still not sure if I like him more than Lou getting his own shot. Um, and having Pat back was huge. We saw it in the game, you know, tonight. Um, as I'm after I'm recording this, um, we saw it in the game tonight when you can hit, when you can just draw the spacing out there a little bit more. It's fantastic. Um, I don't. I agree. It should be good enough. I think we've just been seeing that so much because of the continuity. I think that goes away a little bit. We even saw it with Sham getting some time over Lou in those uh, late minutes, which does help the defense, which goes into film crickets thing. Um, targeting Lou on defense is going to be used in the playoffs. He, he knows it. Doc has talked about this. Like, Lou knows when other teams line up. If you look at that lineup, Lou is the weakest link. That's just, you know, if it's Kawhi, uh, oh, there was a really fun lineup tonight. Um, it was Bev. I'm oh, sorry, Lou wasn't even on this one. But you could put Bev in some, or you could put Lou and something with like, uh, like Bev, Lou, Kawhi, PG, Trez. There's obviously a weak link for, the, for a backcourting wings right there, and that's Lou. Um, the viable counters to this, 
Aside from sitting him, he added in this um, question, you hope the team defense is playing really well. Uh, you hope everyone else is able to cover, and you hope Lou is locked in and hoping and willing and able to try. Um, I think for the most part he is. I think in the playoffs he absolutely will be. I think he knows the situation he's in. It's a fantastic chance to get a ring. Um, I think I think it just boils down to the team being able to cover for him well enough, which does kind of suck, but that's expected. Um, I have a, all the confidence in the world that that can happen. So I think we can rest easy a little bit. The issue will be how much we see uh, Lou and Sham together in the playoffs because that can be kind of tough uh, defensively for sure. Coming up after this, we have a couple more Twitter Tuesday questions. We'll be talking about Bill Simmons uh, poo-pooing the PG trade. But first, this spring, you've heard it on here before. You guys know where to go to follow your favorite baseball team. You need to go to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather, landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home for baseball fans. Follow your favorite baseball teams in Arizona. There's 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75 degree temperatures, with all 10 stadiums in greater Phoenix within 50 miles of where you are. And you can meet the players and get autographs before games. Check out amazing restaurants and bars nearby, including tons of craft breweries like my personal favorite, Goldwater Brewing Company. Enjoy live music from local and national artists, Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. And Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost town, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Hiking, biking, jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in a sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has you covered. Check off must-see destinations from your bucket list like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, and Tucson. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. One more time, that is visitarizona.com slash spring training. Okay, a couple more Twitter Tuesday questions and some Bill Simmons talk here on shavings. Oh, man. Dominic Coles had a very spicy question. Actually, I'm going to do, do Dominic Coles' last because it's, uh, I don't know if it's egregious, but it's something. At Nick Jacob asks, what do you, who do you think will end up being a bigger factor moving forward between Mook and Reggie? I think it's going to be Marcus Morris. He's just going to have more opportunity. Um, Reggie is tasked with shoring up kind of the ball movement on the second unit and trying to help a little bit more on defense, which is tough. But Morris is going to be asked to be much more efficient scoring-wise, which is going to be big. Um, I think it's going to be Morris. I'm not not saying I have more faith in Morris, although I think I do in his offensive game. Um, Although Reggie did look good on that second unit. It kind of remains to be seen. I think it's going to be Morris. He's just going to have a bigger role. Um, he can do more. He's a more capable defender, and he's better offensively. So I think it's going to be Morris, which we're, you know, we're in good hands. I think that's, I think we're going to be okay with that, with him being more important than Reggie. Um, I'm not sure who has an easier... Uh, I mean, because covering for Lou on defense, play, playing in a backcourt with Lou is difficult from a defensive standpoint and not bleeding points. But... He's not going to be called on that too much in the playoffs, I think, also. Because I'm kind of thinking everything in the playoff lens now. Uh, because as Doc said, now it's time. Uh, speaking of Doc, Dominic Coles had the aforementioned spicy question. He said, not trying to have an overreaction here from the recent losses. But do you think if we don't advance further in the playoffs, barring injury, that we should go in a different direction with coaching? Doc is a great coach, 
but maybe a different voice is needed. I have to give kudos to Dominic for posting a, or asking a, should we move on from Doc question in a respectful way? Most people just yell fire Doc a bunch. Um, so shout out to Dominic Coles for his restraint on this one. Um, I'm not sure. I think, I mean, if we get knocked out of the first round, barring injury, yeah, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> that would be absurd. But I don't think that'll happen. Um, and no, I don't think we should go in a dif- different direction with coaching if we don't advance further in the playoffs outside of the first round, obviously. There was monumental moves in the offseason. This is Doc's first year with this group. Depending what happens with Trez, we're gonna have most. We're gonna have most of our guys. Say we lose Trez, we still have most of our guys locked up for next year, um, which is just another year for Doc to do something with his group. Which I think all of us, I think most of us, can agree personnel-wise has exactly what is needed to win the championship. On paper, it's there. The biggest enemy is health right now. Um, no, I don't think. Uh, I don't think going in a different direction, because who do we hire? Say say we do go in a different I'm just not sure who's out there. Um, and if someone tweets at me, Tibbs, one more time, I'm going to freak out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I don't. Th- I think firing Doc is absolutely insane. If you look at his track record, I think I said on this podcast, if you look at his track record, if, if everything goes right, I'm trying not to jinx it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. If everything goes right, these last three seasons have to be seen as one of the craziest runs um, of a coach ever. Winning 42 games with that 17-18 team was, he had no business doing. Um, you know, 48 wins last year, absurd in the best way possible. And then this, you know, everything comes together this year. It's, an, it's, an, it's a fantastic three-year run. Um, I appreciate the candor at which you asked about this doc question, uh, but I think, I think everything's going to be okay. Um, that about does it for Twitter Tuesdays. Thanks for sending in questions. Again, you can always send those to Locked On Clips or at Charles Mockler, at Will Updike. Briefly going to talk about Bill Simmons hating the Paul George trade. Um, this is kind of what I was talking about with the media taking actual shots at the Clippers. Because on the heels of a three-game losing streak, this stings a little bit to hear. Because there's a little part of your head that's like, oh, you son of a bitch. Like, maybe maybe that tiny part of him is right, that it, that it, that it is a bad trade. But... A, the jury is still out on this trade. We're not going to know if this trade was the right move until after next year, or hopefully longer. But given the contract situation, you know, uh, the window is two years. So we don't know if it's worth it until the end of that two-year run. We obviously know what needs to happen for it to be worth it. After this trade, I think all of us believe that what needs to happen for it to be worth it can absolutely happen. Um... And it's one that you make to get Paul to get both Paul George and Kawhi. It's such you just have to look at the trade through that lens. Look, I mean, I don't you know, if, if that story about, you know, Doc showing him a list or whatever and him picking something, if that's not true, whatever. But at some point he communicated that he would like Paul George or someone of that caliber to be on the team, and this is a trade you have to do. Um, to get to where we're at right now. So I hope, I hope Bill Simmons um, eats his words. I think most of us do in this situation. Let me know if you don't... Let me know if you agree with Bill Simmons. Some people still don't like the trade. Uh, Shea is fantastic. There's no getting around that. Um, Gallus having another great year. And hell, we might see him in the playoffs if I get my way, I guess. Um, let me know if you actually agree with Bill Simmons. Um, 
that about wraps it up for Tuesday's episode of Locked on Clippers. Thank you so much for hanging out. I have been positive Chuck Mockler. Usually, William, the opinion of Doc is here. We come with you guys five days a week with all the fresh Clippers content. Uh, we're on the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find our show and all the other fantastic shows on Locked on Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the show. Uh, I haven't, uh, I forgot to read it before this episode, so if you left one, I apologize. I'll do it next time. Uh, Wednesday's episode, we have a What You Say Wednesday poll, just asking Clipper Nation a question on Twitter. You don't even have to have Twitter to vote on it, so go check that out, at Locked on Clips. Going to be previewing the game against the Suns. Hopefully we can get another dub. Uh, hopefully some fully healthy rotation roster talk. And then, of course, whatever else happens to you now and then in Clipperland, like I said, I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. Talk to you guys tomorrow.